Welcome to the Weekend Wild Podcast. I'm Pat. And I'm Jim. And we're two working class dudes who only got two days to get her done. We talk about a lot of fishing, especially muskie, northern, walleye, and in the fall, we love bow hunting. So we've got all your bow tips and tricks. So we also talk about conservation, news articles, cooking, a little bit of lifestyle, and a little bit of opinion. We only have two days to get it done, so come on, tune in, and get Weekend Wild. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Jim! So we are recording this again. It's just the two of us because it's kind of nice recording it through the week and not having to do this on the weekend so we can enjoy the weekend without having this stress and over. So it's just going to be the two of us again. Uh, Kelsey's Corner later. She really is adamant about it. So oh, good. we're going to have a Kelsey's Corner at some point. I got to remember to do a plug-in. Remember last week we did the whole episode. And I'm like, oh, uh, if there's one, it'll be at the end of the episode. So yeah. I anyway. listened to, a, I don't think there was one because of how long the episode ended up being, but I didn't actually listen to the whole thing. I listened to like 50 minutes of it, just not like the last like 10. So I'm sure she didn't throw something in there, did she? No, 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 no. She's got, she's always like, we got to do that. We got to do that. And I'm like, hey, you want to do that now? No. You want to do that now? No. How about now? No. Okay. So we're just going to publish this episode, you know? So anyway, um... I'm trying to think of what, what I got to tell you. Oh, you know what? I, I checked out a new fishing, new to me fishing spot. We went wading and got a bunch of smallies and a walleye, believe it or not. Did not, I did not see the walleye coming. How big? Oh, not big. Yeah. 12 inch, maybe nothing. Is it you know. flowing or stagnant? Ah, uh, it was a deep pool. It was a deep, I mean, it was like the rest of the river was, I mean, we were. Oh, okay. It was a river. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was a. Uh, it was probably. I don't. I didn't test to see how deep. At least six feet deep, if not eight. When everything else is two feet, you yeah. know, a foot. So yeah, relatively deep. And then Benny had a, a new thing he did this week. I'm sure you saw the Snapchat. Um, but I took him to the archery club. Yep. And he watched me fire some arrows. And uh, I didn't do that thing where I whiffed one real bad. You ever see that thing where the 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 dad brings the wife to the driving range and the baby's sitting right behind the mom. And she's teeing off and completely whiffs, oh. and the baby laughs hysterically. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for one of those moments where, you know, like when you, you fire the arrow and you hear ping or thud. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, he, uh, I kept him a little bit away, but he was watching me, very curious about what I was doing, you know, and, and he just gives what, me that look. What is that? Um, and then this weekend... This weekend, so we're kind of talking deer because you're going out this weekend, right? It's still a thing. Yeah, I'm just going out uh, one night. It's it's kind of more camping than it is uh, hunting. What night are you camping? Sunday into Monday. Oh, okay. I thought you were going Saturday and you wanted to be out early Sunday. No, so yeah, uh, as as you know, we're back on nights for a little bit, but uh, Caitlin's bachelorette party's next weekend. Yeah. So I can't do the whole weekend because it's it, you know we just won't I won't see her for three weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so deer season opens Sunday for most places, October 1. Uh, so we're kind of doing like a deer facts episode. Nothing nothing too crazy. We were trying to think of something. Pat's like, let's do a bag. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, oh, a pack dump. Pack dump. So we're going to do something like that in, a, in the near future with talking about what we carry. Because, you know, being public land weekend hunters, you got to backpack and you got you to be able to cover a lot of different things. And you kind of pick and choose as you go. You're like, man, I carried this poncho with me and haven't needed a poncho. You know, I'm only yeah. going to watch the weather now. And, you know, because I always packed a poncho. But then I started packing a poncho again because it packs up real tight. And I'm like, well, this can actually make a pinch uh, in a pinch ground blind. So I now I leave the poncho in the bag. So stuff like that we're going to go through. Um, we still got a, we still got to cook an episode coming. In fact, Fishy Phil texted me today and says, I'm silencing this thing. I just can't figure out how. 
uh, he says, you sure you can't make it tonight? You know, it's like, no, I'm working. But, uh, so there was salmon season that was unsuccessful. And, uh, I only went three times, you know, and, uh, one was kind of early, but it was kind of a weird season. The water never really, like we never got cool weather. When salmon season was kicking off, it was a hundred. Yeah. There was never a dramatic drop. Yeah. It was never like just say kind of became fall for it, but there, there's already spottings of some zombie fish coming in where they just rot out and, you know, turn brown instead of the nice silver that you're looking for. But anyway, I almost did that tonight. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping Phil makes it up there. I'd like to see him get one. We really want to catch one off the harbors, you know, yeah. just to say we did. But you go out there and you talk to everybody. Nobody's catching anything, you know, and it's like, is the run happening? I don't know. Well, d- d- I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's in full swing yet. I think there's no, some trickling the swing's, in. No, the swing's down. It's We're on the tail end of this now. Well, well, you you know what I mean. I I, I think it happened not as dramatic as it usually does, all in one weekend kind of thing. Yeah, you know uh, I, mean? I mean, it usually takes a couple of weeks, but they're kind of heading in, and then they get there, and then there's like the stages of it. But yeah, it was just so summery that it never really like uh, I don't know, it never really was able to pattern it. It was just kind of it was like just spot, you know, they're just moving around and somebody that I really work with, their dad went on a guide thing, and. Uh, their guide said, you will not find him in the harbors right now. You'll find him out in 60, 70 feet of water. Yeah, I, I can believe it because I, I was there and uh, you didn't even see anything moving. Usually in the early season, they're jumping and you, there's a lot of jumping and I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. So but we went out We went out downtown a couple of times. I only made it to Waukegan once. That's my favorite spot. Uh, we, well, we went up to Waukegan last weekend with the boat. and uh, Oh, that's when you guys didn't text us back. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Actually, I was texting you all morning. Yeah, and I, I don't want to fight about this here, but I, I was texting him all morning, telling him exactly where I was going to do, whatever I was going to no, be, you left what time up. I was leaving. I'm thinking about bringing doing the this. Boat. And uh, because I wasn't constantly reassuring them that I was alive, they they thought that no, I was no, dead. We said, so he left it open-ended, and finally we fired off a text saying, hey, what did you decide on? Ghosted. Yeah, I, I've got a three-hour drive with the boat uh, in rush hour traffic. I'm not looking at my phone the whole time. Well, you got there eventually. You could have texted us then. Yeah, but then then when you get there, you I, I didn't know how it worked. I pulled into the wrong spot. I pulled in where we parked to go fishing last time. Hmm. Thinking that, oh, yeah, anyway, the launch anyway, is I, just right there. I forgot. You're right. So go ahead. Keep going. So t- tell me about the deer hunt. What's the plan for the deer I, hunt? I got hung up on, too, for all that. But then, uh, yeah, phone calls were great, by the way. But um, deer I, hunting, uh, I'm getting the Alumacraft going right now it's more about the trailer than it is about the boat but uh got tires on my car i'm gonna go put some tires on it today yeah are you driving home after this no no no. i've, I've, I've got to mount them oh i gotcha i gotcha oh so you didn't buy them on rim then no oh okay a lot of i guess those those did those have nice rims on that trailer oh yeah oh okay. nicer for if it's got nice rims for a trailer yeah That's the, you know what i mean yeah i've always had uh not anymore i don't like the drift boat's got actual like fancy rims on it and stuff you know and then the lun's not bad but yeah i've had all my other trailers with these you just go buy the mounted ones at menards for 90 bucks or whatever they are the, you know, the lun's bucks. more basic than uh the ones that i got yeah and do you see the drift boat ones yeah they're like oh, yeah. car rims they're like aluminum car rims um so yeah i got daddy duty again this weekend so that's why i'm not going out deer hunting i might go out because we're on afternoons this next week i might go out monday morning early and just sit a couple hours just just until the sun feels warm because it's still like summer weather out there this may turn into a fishing trip more than a hunting trip because uh yeah i, I just don't think the weather's going to be there for it i just remember when dan shot that one 
uh, in that same spot you guys are going and just the swarm of mosquitoes we we got trying to gut that thing. Just, we were, it was, I've never experienced something like that. Even in Alaska, I'd say Alaska was about the same. And it was just, you couldn't even think. You read stories about like Arctic explorers getting driven mad by black flies and stuff like that. That's how it was getting. Another, like I can imagine if you had to live there doing that. As soon as we opened that deer up though, man, it was a cloud of mosquitoes around us. I actually carry a, uh, a mosquito mask now. It's and now I did, you, you might be thinking, oh, a mask, you know, but it, no, it's just the thing that goes over your head. Like a mosquito net for your head. Yeah, I got some somewhere. And um, that helps with a good portion of this. You know, it's uh, it's not the end all be all, but it's so, it's so insanely light. How could you not bring it? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anything else for weeks? Uh, I organized. So I'm doing something new. I'm kind of starting a new campaign in terms of my outdoor preparedness. Oh, OK. Uh, Showing up on time. <laughs> you know never mind we can just move on oh come on don't be like that go ahead go ahead um <laughs> i am putting and th- th- this will also help me be more on time but i'm putting all of my stuff into boxes for kits yeah i do that i got a hunting one a fishing one so a salmon I've got, fishing one i've got like one that i store all of my like oh i may need that someday hunting stuff and then one that i'm like i need that every time hunting stuff yeah, it's nice. Like you have the things you're gonna grab every time. That should go in a nice little pile. It's there. You don't have to check it because you know it's there. You know, and then but it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to this other spot, so I need a ground blind, or I need a, you know, I need a different stick or whatever. So like, you go to this box that is like situational box. It's like these things. Oh, okay. I we I haven't been in the rain yet, so I'm gonna go get my rain gear out of this box or whatever. You know, uh, you know. I, I usually wear the tall rubber boots, but it's nice to, oh, my hiking boots are over here because I'm not going to a wet spot. I don't even really do that anymore because it's like I, I wear the muck boots just because, you know. Uh, so I also bought a new Aider. Um, Did you? Same company. It's just adjustable. Oh, okay. And it's also got little rods. I'm not throwing my old one out. I still love my old one. But it's got these little rods that uh, they, they fit in the tubular webbing and they actually keep it spaced out. So oh, like, that's nice. So yeah, I have this weird problem where I step on the bottom one, I put a bunch of tension on it. Now, oh, yeah. I, now I can't squeeze my foot into the top one. Yep. I know exactly what you mean because it's a, a pretty much picture, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, picture a rope ladder with no no like rigid structure. So when you step on the bottom rung, it, t- it tightens up the top one. So now you got this big loop when you get started. You put your foot first foot in the bottom loop and you go to put your second foot, uh, your next foot in the second loop. And it's narrow. It's as narrow as your foot on the bottom because it just pulled it all tight. The cool part about this one is I can add steps to it, um, which I think is absolutely amazing. I can add steps to it if I wanted to. Like, let's say one day I was like, I'm going to go buy a, a three-step aider. I could just spend 18 bucks and still use my two-step huh. So and make that a three. But uh, it's also adjustable lengths for the steps. You know, before it's like if you get a sewn-in one, like you get one time to get that measurement right. And then you got to live with it forever. I'm not like. There's only a couple of spots I hunt around here that have like real trees to climb. There's only a couple, and otherwise, like I, I just found last year, every spot I wanted to hunt out of a saddle, it was like one, maybe two strokes with the uh, single stick and stuff, and then I was up there. But a lot of times, I arm length up, and by the time my feet got to the top of my arm length, that was as high as I was going. There yeah. were these little itty bitty trees that are, you know all thorned out and stuff it's they're just not not big oak trees i'm climbing not, well, not we, in the spots i've been hunting with these uh with our the way our sticks are set up we can climb trees that are four inches wide yeah i mean yeah i'd say that's probably about what i was on not saying i'd be comfortable i'd probably lean that oh, thing over like 
like wild like wily coyote in the cartoon <laughs> and gold wand <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, the one thing about those narrow trees too is it doesn't have to be that windy to feel windy you're sitting there swaying you're like man it's windy out there like, no you're oh, not yeah. you're just There's, too fat for this tree I, <laughs> no, that's, that's not it it's I was in a tree that to get up 20 feet, you'd be going up a third of this tree, which is just kind of bonkers to think about. But that tree's waving in the wind, and the whole time you feel like you're going like, whoa, whoa, you know, and yeah, like when you go to read something, you kind of get a little sick. But uh, yeah, the spots I've been hunting, it's like, oh, this is a great spot, and this is the only tree to work with, and there are little itty bitty trees that aren't very tall. I mean, the trees in my yard are as tall as those. And uh, that's why I, I'll always preach single sticking because the the tree that I shot my deer out of last year, you could not have done that with the with the two piece climber, just straight up could not have done it. I know, and I got when I was scouting spots with Nick a couple weeks ago, uh, looking at the trees around there, I can get in that because he says, "Oh, I'd love to get in that tree. I'd love to get in that tree." And he even said, "He goes, you need a saddle to get in those." I'm trying to talk him into a saddle, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, you should come out here with the saddle. You get a great view of everything." And so I might, I actually might go out there with the saddle. Yeah, we were in Wisconsin. Dan climbed a tree. It's like you would never. There's just no way you'd be able to do it with a climber. It's just no way. Yeah, you know. And and it was the only climbable tree around, like legitimately. So I'm I'm pretty big on the on the single stick thing. And even like with regular sticks, you could still do it. But it's just single stick, one thing to carry. Great. So let's move in the news real quick. Uh, our buddy Fishy Phil sent us this one because you know we love to laugh at Chicago. And so CWB Chicago jogger finds fishermen badly beaten and robbed at Montrose Harbor. So a 60-year-old man was beaten and robbed at 3 a.m. A jogger found him at 9.15 a.m. So that guy sat there almost six hours beaten, you know. He managed to get away, but his bike and other things stolen also left him in serious condition with facial injuries. So I pretty much what I when I read that article, if you're coming to Chicago, this is typical Chicago hospitality. You show up with good intentions, you end up getting mugged, maybe killed, robbed, and then your politicians defend the people that did all the crimes. And then that guy gets off with no cash bail, and then uh, pay your taxes. So that is Illinois, Northern Illinois, in a nutshell. Yeah, this is just a group of. Uh just regular teenagers. That yeah, this. they didn't mean to beat this guy's face in yeah, and leave were, him there for dead. Th- this is because they're they're part of a society that's not looked at the right way, and we should give more benefits to. And, and it's like, what? Anyway, what do you got? I got a I got a Wisconsin one too. I got uh, two. I got I got a quick Wisconsin one and a Michigan one. I want to say it was two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that we did uh, the spotter lantern fly and how it was inching closer and closer to Illinois. Well, yeah, it was moving east. It's here. It's in Illinois. Is that as far west as it went that you know of? Uh yeah. Okay, so it's made it too. Because remember, oh, just, actually, no, Missouri is the furthest west point. Man, it spread quick because I, they must have not have found them because they were just reporting that it made it to Ohio. So that means it crossed Indiana, Illinois, and then in two, three weeks, whatever that's been. So in my typical DNR, like I'm just looking up news that you know I, I like going, I like seeing what the DNR puts out because you kind of take their temperature when you do that. You know what I mean? And uh, every single one had a if you see this, squish it, report it. So. You know, they, they want you to find them, squish them, report them. Yeah. So, I, I mean, every state that we usually cover had that article up there. Like, it was, you know, coordinated thing, but they're all worried about it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm live. So, I was excited about this. I'm Probably most people won't care. I was excited about it. But Michigan DNR may st- start to stock Arctic railing in UP lakes. So, DNR might start a stock uh, adult grayling to make room in their hatchery for expanding bloodstock, which is being raised as part of a species reintroduction. So, their hatcheries are actually getting 
overfilled and they got to start doing something. They're like, well, maybe we're ready to put these in there. So the stocking's not going to be huge, but um, this is the first time uh, in a century that you can go to Michigan and catch a Arctic grayling. And they've been gone for over a century. So, like, I know grayling were in the gray, like in that area, but a long time ago. But was it Arctic grayling? Um, or is Arctic yeah. grayling like a subspecies that well, is I think, closest? I, I think when you say grayling and Arctic grayling, I think it's the same thing. Isn't okay. It? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about I, grayling. I don't know that for sure, but I think like when you just hear somebody saying grayling, there's kind of like saying, instead of saying northern pike, you're saying northern or pike. Yeah, you no, I got you. Um, DNR is hoping to loosen state law to allow catch and release. They, uh, there was some old statute about fishing for them, and they're, they're like, well, we're hoping to loosen that up so you can actually have a chance to go catch and release. You won't be able to keep them, which is fine. Uh, total number of stocked is still unknown, but the ones that are going to be stocked are going to be 10 to 12 inches long. They are looking to stock, they are looking to stock them in lakes smaller than 50 acres and close to Marquette state, uh, fish hatchery. So cool. Yeah. So Arctic railing. Yeah. Michigan just, it's some of the best water in the world and it's, uh, it'd be great if they did that. The other one too, is I just saw just a real quick one out of Wisconsin. Um, their elk herd is up to around 500 and they're expecting it to pass 500 by July uh this next year 10 years ago they started with 150 so the elk herd is growing huge in wisconsin they're very happy with the success of it so my next don't thing shoot is, any deer to, or any uh elk this fall too by the way good my next thing is not so much news it is news but it's it's uh more of an opinion article so i want your input um as we as you know minnesota was a place that you can only shoot a crossbow uh over oh, the age of 60 this. And under and, and if you had a disability, uh, which is great, like that's that's the group that I advocate for for be able to participate in archery season. You can use a crossbow in this group. Uh, they're having a population issue in small parts of the state, or I should say, a large portion of the state, but not the whole state. So if you do the northwest, uh, you get one deer per permit. There's no like you could shoot, you know, two antlerless and one antler. Yeah. There's none of that. You get one deer, you're done. Right by the Dakotas, close to the Dakotas. Right, uh, and on the other extreme of that, the southeast side. And keep in mind, these are separated by several hundred miles. Right. Uh, well, the southeast side is the Driftless region too, right. which is a very common deer spot in all the states that have the Driftless region. So the reason that these laws were loosened was to lower the population in these you know high density areas. But it, yet, it applies to the whole state. So my whole thing is like, so why, why couldn't certain counties or certain like regions say hey we're doing crossbows because we need the we get we need to get the numbers down whereas the northwest are like you know we've only got one deer tag for you so do it with a compound and maybe you'll have more next year you know so what's your what's your take on that uh i think one they announced that it is now okay to use a crossbow i think they i think there should be a time limit on it hey due to population control we are now allowing crossbows for the next four seasons and then we'll reevaluate in four years and to see what the populations are. But this is a temporary thing uh, to use crossbows. Everybody can use them. All the other regulations still say the same. So if you're going to be injured, old, young, blah, blah, blah. Because you know, like if you want to take a seven or eight-year-old out, they just can't pull back a compound. But they could fire a crossbow. I get it. But a crossbow is not archery. Um, but I think then that if that is the case, they should go. there should be some sort of county-level thing. It should be like a... Or uh, location, site, you know. Well, I guess that would that would kind of kill a private property hunting. Like it wouldn't apply to private property, but it should be it should be almost like a county thing. It should somehow if yeah, that, regional, like regional to the state. Yeah, 
But I think I think whenever you announce crossbows are now legal, it should be with it. And it, for the reason they're not, if their reason is because of population, it would be like, okay, we are now doing this for three, four, five years. For the next five years, you can use a crossbow, and then we're going to reevaluate. You might not be able to use your crossbow in six years. And the, the, my whole point of like bringing this up was, uh, instead of having a law of the land, it should be a regional thing, and like. The, there are ways to do that, you know? Well, if, okay. So let's say instead of legalizing crossbows, why don't they just lengthen firearm season? Why don't they just say, uh, we're going to fire arm seasons an extra two weeks this year. Get out there and we need you to population control. Yeah. Cause too, I mean, it, I think too many people watch the walking dead. That's it. That's, that's I, what I, I think you're, yeah, that, that definitely brought awareness to the crossbow, you know? You know everybody's like, well, well, you know, like you could, you could keep shooting those, you know? And so everybody's now all into the crossbows. Now, over 60 disabilities all day, man. I want you to participate and that's going to be the way that you can. But, uh, yeah, the other thing, the other thing I saw about this in a, in a different article was that 40% of the deer harvested so far, and this was, this is probably a week old now, uh, have been crossbow. Yeah, I believe it. So that's, that's kind of bonkers to me. So is that it for the news? Oh man. I had one more that I'm trying to remember. The one thing I forgot to say, maybe it'll jar your memory. I wanted to, I wanted to say this uh, when we were talking about the weeks and stuff, like the introduction part of this is, uh, so I was supposed to go fishing tomorrow with Brad and Mike from Musky Money. Yeah. The Musky Money Real Services. <clears throat> and after like playing around like online, looking for permits and stuff, I'm like, you know what? For one time, it's, it's going to cost, it's expensive, first of all, to go out on the lake for a few hours. It would, it would cost me more to get on the that lake than it would... Lake Michigan and Waukegan. For a one-time thing, it's not worth it. And for an all-year-long thing, it is worth. They, it. It's the Fox Channel Lakes. They put you through the ringer. Uh, you know, f- apply for a permit. You got to get this in person. And here's the locations. And here's the hours of those. It's like, geez, if you guys don't want me on your lake, I just won't go. You know, and uh, but it was kind of disappointing because I really wanted to fish with Mike. He's a hell of a fisherman. So if anybody that doesn't follow him, go check him out. Like he he's got some fish pictures, man. That guy's got some legit fish pictures. But instead, so I filled that time. It, it was kind of opportune is uh, a buddy of mine's nine-year-old just took off with fishing. He doesn't know why he's into fishing all of a sudden. The kid went nuts on his own, and he bought him a rod and some lures, and he's out there in every pond he can find. That's the YouTubes. Uh, it could, and yeah, he watches a lot of YouTube. And so anyway, for about, I don't know, three, four weeks now, he's like, hey, when can, can you take him out in the boat? Could we go out in your boat and go fishing? Could we go out in your boat and go fishing? And I'm like... Yeah, you know, how about this weekend? And he's busy. Oh, how about that weekend? I'm busy. And then how about that weekend? Somebody's busy. And so finally, I'm like, hey, this thing kind of fell through. Uh, do you want to go Saturday morning? So I'm actually taking a dad and a nine-year-old out to go show him, give him a boat ride and take him out on the lake and stuff like that. And so we're actually going to go out there fishing tomorrow morning. But, but, but this nine-year-old hasn't fished out of a boat yet. And we're going to take him out on a big lake. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to show him all the ins and outs because all he's ever done is shore fish. And it used to be bobbers and hot dogs. And so now he's in the lures and he's into catching like big bass and he's actually doing pretty good at it. So yeah, I got that coming this week. So my article did, and keep in mind, this is from, this is a DNR release, news release. Uh, for Michigan, was they want you to take those? They're trying to get their. I population just saw this down. this morning. I was looking through some just in case something earth shattering came up. Uh, and that that was that was released, I think, yesterday. So it's it's a super fresh article, but they want you to take those. So if you're a landowner, okay, you're a landowner, but you only want to shoot big bucks instead of does. Contact at weekendwildpodcast.com, and I will come remove your does for you for free. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I will have no problem showing up and arrowing a bunch of does. I have no, no I, I'm out there for meat, not trophies. So if you are a landowner that doesn't want to shoot does or you know somebody's a landowner, contact at weekendwildpodcast.com. This is where the categories of deer hunters conflict. You've got the guys that want meat, brown, it's down, right? Uh, and then you've got the guys that want big bucks. Well, the guys that want big bucks, I think, are like the, a good portion of the numbers, you know, at least the sizable portion. I know every podcast I listen to about deer hunting is all about shooting them big bucks. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, and the mature bucks. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm, I, if I'm going trophy hunting, I'm going for northern pike. I'm going for walleye. I'm going for musky. It has nothing to do with mammals. I'm out, I'm out there getting meat. I, I, I know I'm totally different than everybody else. I get it. I'm no, no, Everyone's like, wow, what a waste of a tag. I don't think so as I'm sending this thing through the grinder and I'm bagging all this stuff up for the year. <laughs> yeah. I just you don't. Can't, you can't identify what's, what uh, sex it is off of you know the color of the meat. I, yeah, and that's all I'm out there for. If, I, if I'm out there looking for a true giant something that I want to get my hands on, it's going to be with a, a line and a rod and a reel and stuff. That's what I'm out. That's my true love. This is for meat. This is food. Yeah. This isn't a... Uh, you know, like you, you listen to other podcasts and they're talking about sheep hunts up in the mountains and once in a lifetime tags. And I'm not interested in any. I, I don't care about any of that. My first thought with that was, does the meat taste better? Is that why this is so sought after? And I, I, I don't think the answer is yes. Uh, for the, the the weird sheep hunts oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. It no, looks, it's cool. It's a very good adventure, right? It is. But I like repeatable fun. I like learning a fishing tactic that I can go out to these lakes and catch fish with. Not, oh man, this is so awesome. This is cool. I get to do this once, never again in my life. I find that to be a waste of my time. I want something I can repeat and show on somebody, you know, take somebody out, go with somebody. It's like, no, you got this one chance and that's it. That's it. And I don't, so I don't really care for stuff like that. And that's a draw to elk because elk meat is awesome, you know? So that's, but elk, elk is achievable, just not everywhere. Also shoot one elk, feed four families for five years. Oh, you know I mean? Sign it's, me up like moose. I would love to go shoot moose. And, it, and but the funny thing is I'd love to go shoot a moose because one arrow gets you a lot more meat than one arrow on a deer. So I would love to shoot a moose just because, but once again, it's for the meat. I don't care about the antlers. I don't, none of that. Do you know how to pronounce the, uh, baby's crying? No, of course we're mammals, but we're like homo sapiens, right? So, uh, deer, moose, and elk fall into what family? Oh, uh, we just talked about this. Now, uh, now I'm going to say servets, right? But there's actually a, a more Roman name. I think it's called like severe day or it's spelled C E R. V I D A E. I can picture. I'm trying to see if I can find this because we're about to talk some deer facts here in a minute. But I read it all the time and I never hear anybody say it. So it's like, how do you pronounce that word? Like servide? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you could look it up. Servide? I I don't know. Anyway. Um. So I'll tell you what. If we're gonna do a Kelsey's corner, here it is. Welcome to Kelsey's corner. Thanks for making time for us this week, Kyle. You know, I know the last couple of weeks have been like, hey, do you want to do that thing? No, I hate your listeners. I'm not <laughs> doing that thing. You just always catch me at a bad time. It's like, no, I have a bunch of things to do. So we're actually squeezing this in about, I got to leave for work in a few minutes and we're going to squeeze this mm-hmm. in. I got to finish an edit. I got to get it uploaded. You oh. know? So thanks for fitting me in. You're fitting me in. Are you kidding me? It's been a busy couple of days with work and. So anyway, you're going to go, you're going to go over, uh, Recipes, right? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Um, so I will say, because I am new to canning, none of the recipes that I used are like my own recipe. Just ones that you tried that worked out yes, well. Yes, they've all worked out well. Um, because if you're getting into canning, it's just like nerve wracking to do your own recipe because you're afraid of, you know, botulism and getting people sick. So until I, you know, get the hang of it, 
I'm not going to like experiment. Like, let's try this. No, yeah. everything has been a very carefully followed recipe. So what's your favorite one? So uh, let's, I'll tell you what, what's your third favorite one? <laughs> My third favorite. Um, or you, you didn't have them numbered. You just, no, I know you're going to do three. That I am working. very excited about, um, so I really like the strawberry jam that I did. Oh, okay. Um, I did like a strawberry vanilla jam. So I added like vanilla beans to the strawberry jam. Um, just for like a nice subtle depth of flavor. So I thought that was pretty good. We tried one of those. Um, and then I liked the apple cider, apple butter that I did. Oh yeah. Um, I yeah. thought that was really, really good. We're still working on one jar of that. Yes. Um, and then I'm excited about, oh, I'm excited about all of them, but, um, the peach butter, I did a peach butter. What about ones that are out of things that you grew? Have you done anything out of things you grew? Um, most of the things I've grown have been like tomatoes. Um, so I did a lot of canned tomatoes. So we haven't really used those yet because we're still going through the cans of tomatoes that I've bought like way back when I just bought a bunch of them. Um, so we haven't used those. But I did a lot of canned tomatoes. I think, well, I did some green beans. So I haven't had any of the green beans yet. So so what about it? Do you have a top three that you recommend? Hey, this is... These were the ones that were the easiest for me to do, and then the easiest to would start be with. the pickles. So the pickles were actually the easiest to those do. Those were very good. Um, you like those, right? Oh, Bill yeah. did too. Good. Um, so the pickles were by far the easiest thing I've done because you don't have to. Well, I guess green. Well, green beans are easy in that they don't take a ton of work, but you do have to cut all the green bean tops off and everything, and it's a longer, it's more processing time because it's pressure canned, so it's harder to do the green beans. But the pickles, that was that was literally the easiest thing I've ever done. Yeah, and they were, were good. good. They were real good. because It was a different kind of pickle. Like I'm used to a very, uh, I was trying to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. I'm used to like a very sweet dill flavor. Yeah. So and these were just like, they're called traditional bread and butter pickles. There's actually no dill in the recipe. Um, so huh, you, okay. I cook the, I cook like a vinegar solution with a bunch of like seasonings and stuff. And then I cook the pickles in the vinegar for, it's only about to, five to 10 minutes maybe. Um, and then I cook them with onions and stuff. And then I put them in the, like the brining solution and that's how they're canned. So there's actually no dill in there. So that was easy to do. Were you recommend doing uh, pickles? Yes, I would start with pickles cause those were, those were super simple. What's the next one you do? Um, easy wise, I would say the strawberry jam was pretty easy. I mean, you follow the directions and you make jam, but it's not difficult to do. Um, it is time consuming just with chopping this, stirring this. The jams have to cook for a certain time period each time to develop the pectin, but it's not difficult, I wouldn't say. Um, and obviously you didn't grow those, so you just had to buy strawberries. Yes, I bought them from uh, one of the farm stands. So um, let's see. What else? So green beans. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, uh, I, I had a question in my mind and I was going to. I guess I would say tomato, like. So I canned chopped tomatoes, I canned stewed tomatoes, and I did crushed tomatoes. Tomatoes are very easy because um, you can water bath can them, but you have to add lemon juice or citric acid just to make sure the acidity level is high enough. So those were fairly easy because it's literally just chopping them, but you do have to skin them. So it is an extra step. It's not difficult. It's just things are time consuming, I will say. But those were easy. So what about... uh I figured out. I was, just, I was just telling you, I was thinking of a question. Um, you had a book. Do you want to yes. recommend the book that you used? Yes. So I use the Ball Canning Book. Um, the, ball is ball a company. Has, that's like the main company. Yes. So yeah. they make the ball canning jars. 
Um, you have to use like a canning jar for canning. You can't just use any regular jar. It has to be able to stand up to the pressure of A, boiling water or B, pressure canning. Um, so I just bought one of the Ball books. Ball has, oh my gosh, they have so many books on Amazon, but I bought like, it was like the bestseller one. So it's like the complete guide to canning. So it's kind of just like the nitty gritty, a very beginner friendly book. The recipes are easy to follow. Um, it goes over how to work your canner. Um, the difference between the two types of cooking and why you need to do different types. So it's very easy to follow. All right. So you said pickles, tomatoes, and was there another one to start with? Uh, jams. I would start with jams. Anything um, particular? Strawberry is easy. Um, the peach jam. So I made peach jam and strawberry jam. Um, all the other jams just take a lot longer processing time. So the strawberry is pretty much the easiest. And it's actually the number one recipe that people start with. Okay. So. I'm most excited about the chicken stock for some reason. <laughs> I'm like really excited to try that. Yeah, Because this is the first time I made it. Like in general, I've never made chicken stock before. So then I made it and then I canned it. So I'm really excited about that. Especially to whip it out in the middle of winter. Yeah, it'll be like great soup. <laughs> My next step, I'm going to try to do um, vegetable soup, like can a couple of vegetable soup just in case I'm like sick or something or I don't have time to cook. I can whip out a vegetable soup from the from the cabinet thing nice yeah so that's so, what i'm excited about so is it everything you got to say about uh, your canning recipes yeah those are just my uh t- i think people should start with uh super simple ones start with either pickles tomatoes or jams and go from there don't try your own recipes because if you don't know the acidity content in the foods you're eating it's a risk for botulism so i, I think safety first and follow a strict recipe until you really get the hang of it. Yeah, right. And especially because this is a thing you really only do once a year. Yeah. Like one Um, time a year. It's kind of a seasonal thing. Yeah. So Gabrielle's mom has been canning for, she said like over for like pretty much her whole life with her mom and stuff. And Gabrielle's mom still follows only recipes. She's still not comfortable like just being like, I'm just going to can this because it is so like science-based and this acid content and this and making sure everything's done the proper way. So, so get that book and get a book you're on your and way. go from there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I just wanted to do a quick little, these are my favorite recipes. Um, super excited to whip out the peach butter in like the middle of February. Oh. Like, Oh, it tastes like summer. All right. Well, if that's it, I'm going to yeah, super quick sign off here and thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me. And now we're going to move on to, we got some interesting facts we're going to talk. We were So once again, we were explaining that we're going to talk deer facts. Pat's like, we need to do something because it's opener. So it's actually, by the time you heard this, it's a few days after opener. Uh, two but, days, precisely. But we still wanted to do something kind of like, hey, you know, kind of celebrating the opening of deer season. And so my thing was like, okay, well, let's do a pack dump. So we're not, we're not doing a pack dump today? Today, no. Okay. Uh, um, remember those articles I sent you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I figured we'd go with, we got this one. It's from fact file, the fact file.org 57 interesting facts about deer that you should know. And we're not going to go through all of them because some of them are really stupid. Uh, Very like, redundant. Did you, did you know a female deer is a doe? Like that, it, you know, that was number two. We're not going to go They're over called that. called does and I'm like, no way. I did have a question for you though. Yeah. What is the name of a male deer? Oh, What's the, it's a buck is a nickname. All you know, so even in this thing, it says male deer are called bucks, and while baby deer are fawns, and the female deer is called a doe. So if it was never used as currency, we have does, we have fawns. I wonder what a buck. If it was never used as currency, what would be the name for a deer for a male deer? Horn. 
I don't know. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like it, we always heard Buck, but it was, Buck came from a, when it was used as currency. Which is kind of crazy that Bucks were the name for male deer because people weren't only killing male deer for their hides, right? That's I just find it. Uh, I just found that interesting. Like you hear, you know, a bull elk, a bull moose. Would it be a bull? Would they call it a bull a deer? I don't know. It's all the same thing. Maybe I think they would. <laughs> I think they would if the uh, world didn't traffic in the in the name Buck. So to start this thing off, it says there are more than 60 types of deer worldwide, which exist on every continent besides Antarctica. Uh, A deer can live anywhere in a variety of habitats. Deer are able to live in mountainous areas and even warmer or wet rainforests. So, I mean, they have them in Florida, you know. Uh, The red barberry deer is the only type of species present in the country of Africa. I thought Africa Hmm. was a continent, but I guess I was wrong. Um, Continent. Oh, no, you're right. It says country of Africa. I thought that was a continent. Wow. Yeah, maybe they messed that up. Yeah, some of these I think are a little weird. But uh, so like the, the number one here, deer have a maximum lifespan of 20 years. You can live up to, they can live up to 20 years depending on the environment. And although deer have the potential, it's unlikely they do. So normal predation and stuff like that. They don't really last 20, but on a farm they could. So do you have that article pulled up? Yeah. You know I mean? So the, the the first fact that this one lists, you there were two and they were actually kind of similar. There's but, a few, uh, yeah. Uh, deer have, and it says deers. I I love that. But, uh, deer have eyes on the side of their head, giving them 310 degrees of, uh, field of view, which is bonkers. You know what I mean? That that's three. I mean, 310, that's only cutting off 50 degrees. (laughs) You know, know, like it's like, it's the spot in the back of her head between her ears. They can't see. That's like saying, Oh, I can't, I I can't see every, I could see everything but my butthole. Like that's what that's telling (laughs) you. You know? So, Okay. Uh, the one thing I liked here, so this was on number four on the list, is the quickest living and growing tissue in the world. So they're uh, they're only there are they are the only group of animals with antlers, and antlers are the quickest living and growing tissue in the world. Uh, and they even said this is one of our favorite deer facts. I thought so too. Uh, they're the only deer species to not have antlers. Did you know the Chinese water deer, male, are the only deer species to not have antlers? So I did not know that until I read this. Uh, and then they go into velvet. Um, antlers are living organs. So go ahead. You look like you want to say something. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. Go uh, ahead. I just saw you winding up. Go ahead. No, wait. deer, uh, the, the living organ thing I found super interesting. That wasn't the fact that I was about to share, but I, I wanted to add to that. Uh, it says antlers are organs, and the larger the antlers, the healthier they are. In September, deer antlers begin to grow back since uh, it's their mating season. Is that true? That was the part I was getting mad at because I don't uh, think that's necessarily true. I think I, it's like what, maybe, early August. Yeah, maybe I, it might be season, like might be regional, regional, and uh, the other thing too is like they said there's 60 species, so right they could be talking about any one of them. So uh, the one fact that I like that I, I I've then spread off of that is deer. Deer have a great sense of smell. Yeah, I saw that was like number two on that list too. So the the crazy thing about that is I've always heard that deer can smell way better than a dog. And I thought way better than the dog meant like 20, 30 times better than a dog. And uh, no, it turns out it's only a third greater than a dog. I went and that, that was my well, dogs sub are pretty, Google. Dogs are pretty impressive. Try and hide something from that shepherd when she knows you have it and she will sniff that thing out. Versus my dog where you throw a cheese it at her and it goes over her head, can't find it. Um, so the one thing that they say here, I was just reading here, deer antlers again. So it is interesting to note that compared to their body size, reindeer have the largest and heaviest antlers of all living deer species. The length of a male's antlers can be up to 51 inches, 
while that of a female's can be up to 20 inches. Are, are, are reindeer the biggest antlers? I know they're they're big. They're impressive, but I mean, are they bigger than an elk or a moose? Might be more in inches than I I I don't think that's necessarily true. I think I think elk have the most inches. Um, moose have the most mass. Maybe elk's not in this. Is that possible? Maybe elk isn't. Maybe well, they're maybe I, they're just talking about species of deer. I think these facts are kind of spread out in a way where they're not necessarily talking about all cervids. Yet some of their facts include all cervids. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So deer um, antlers expand every, uh, an inch every two days. Deer antlers can grow up to an inch every two days and is the fastest growing tissue on earth. We said that part already. So which one you got? Did you know that male moose use their paddled antlers to, I, I don't even know, are they called antlers on a moose? Uh, I think they are. Yeah. But the, their, their paddles turn up their hearing, which huh. is crazy to me. Yeah, so, I guess they're kind of they're kind of cupped, right? They're kind of funneled. In. Yeah, so they're kind of funneling in the noise hmm. to both ears at the same time. Yeah, that depending makes sense. on its direction. So that's that's super cool. I I read that somewhere in this. I'm not looking at that fact right now. You know, if you put a construction cone up to your ear, I guess you'd hear a little better, right? It'd be a little echoey. Yeah, but now what if that construction cone was paddle shaped and it just soaked up all the noise around you everywhere? That's cool. So I got one here. Deer are genuine athletes from jumping and swimming and running like champions. Deer have strong, long legs, ideal for running. So we knew that. I kind of think swimming is a last resort for deer. Um, I saw, I don't, me and Nick saw one in Vermilion and it chugged along and it moved along just fine. I saw one just barely keeping its nose up. Well, they they do look like they're struggling and (laughs) you're thinking he's going to be there a while splashing around in a circle. No, he went from island to island quickly. The Um, one I saw, I actually saw this one in Hayward. But he was just had the nose up, man. If you didn't see the nose, you didn't. <laughs> he was like, oh, God, stay up, stay up, you know. Do you got one or you want me to keep going? No, keep going. You don't want to read any of these? You got the same article I do. No, I know, but uh, I, I hate reading verbatim, so I like to peruse it. And then, so deer have special ways of communication. They communicate through visual, vocal, and chemical means. Now, of course, we know that with the uh, with the scent that they give off, male deer at least. Uh, yeah, the definitely. And they've got them in all parts of their body. Um, they have a scent produced in various parts of the body that gives important information such as physique, sex, social status, and whether there is danger looming in there. I'm sorry. I compared that to humans while I was reading that, <laughs> you know, so it's, so, you know, a female smells axe cheap. Okay. And then it goes on, you know, uh, the one here is going with smell. Fawns are born without the sense of smell. Another fact is that baby deer, in other words, a fawn, is born without a sense of smell, and it makes it very difficult for other animals to detect them. So when they were saying that they're born without the sense of smell, I think they, uh, uh, without a sense of smell, I think they really meant um, that they don't give off a scent. You can't pick up on the smell of a fawn. That's cool. And they say they do that, so it's kind of just an adaptive thing, so coyotes can't pick up on them. Yeah, that's that's an adaption thing. Uh, Did you know that the mother deer eat the feces of fawns yes i actually was going to run into that yeah right here so imagine your mom going around and i wouldn't even say eating in this case but scooping up all your poop so that nothing was following you you know yeah uh deer deer can jump up to 10 feet above so i mean you think about standing under a basketball hoop and being able to jump and put your feet on that rim that's pretty that's pretty impressive well remember the i forget if it was you or dan with me but we were at the one place down south i'm not going to mention the name of it uh, where I was like, yeah, there's a fence right there. And I know they can hop it, but then one came along and hopped it. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> me and dad watched a couple of go over like an eight foot fence the one day with barbed wire on her. It would be like me stepping over a beer bottle. The effort that it took <laughs> this thing to get over a fence. 
Deer are great swimmers. We were just talking about this. So they can swim up to speeds of 13 miles per hour. So that's cooking. That's yeah, cooking. That is cooking. One thing uh, that I saw that's kind of like, you can't call it one or the other, but the, the monogamy and polygamy um, argument. Now, if you were to tell me that deer are monogamous and polygamous, you'd be like, okay, so they're just polygamous then, right? <laughs> you know, but it's it's saying that deer can mate with the same female probably because it's the only one or they can keep mating with uh several so that fact got me in the terms of that if i was to say i'm monogamous and polygamous it would truly just mean that i am polygamous so a reindeer can weigh up to 396 pounds so it says reindeer can weigh 396 a mule deer 121 to 330 and then the white tail is 99 to 149 this obviously this is all an average you know you could shoot some tank of one and then the one thing I want to throw in here real quick with that is the only domestic deer is a reindeer. And so if you read, uh, there was that uh, in the Kingdom of Ice book we always talked about. Yeah. And in the end, Mr. Melvin came to where those guys found, you know, but what it was he on? A, her, uh, a, a sleigh dragged around by reindeer. Yeah. And then so then you start thinking about where Santa Claus came from and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, so like that wasn't actually like the only thing they really made up about it is that it can fly, you know. I think Santa Claus is an Inuit. It, uh, Inuit could be, could I think be. It's pronounced Inuit, but uh, yeah, yeah. But and so that I do know for a fact that uh, they have domesticated. Now there are deer farms and stuff, but I'm talking about one that you can actually give commands to and have them do stuff like that. There's reindeer. Uh, deer gestation period is 180 to 240 days. Deer can walk within 10 minutes. Fawns can 10 walk minutes. I saw this. 10 minutes with with you know of life. That's insane. That's insane. So here, the white-tailed deer is the most abundant deer in the U.S., though they aren't found in California, Nevada, Utah, Alaska, and Hawaii. I did not know that. I'm surprised California. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I thought for sure that they were in California. Based on those states, those are on the uh, the western part of the Rockies, so maybe they didn't. Maybe they couldn't get over to Rock. I don't know. I don't know. One in every 30,000 deer is pure white. Yeah, I, saw, I, I did run into that somewhere on here. Um, so if you see one, go buy a lottery ticket. Male deer reach maturity stage in their fifth year. So they're officially like mid-age at five. And that's their, the most mature they're really going to be. They just get older after that. Um, Technically, you're getting older the second you're born. This one, I don't know. Deer have fangs. A species of deer has fangs called the water deer. Oh, okay. So that was just the water deer in China have fangs. Uh, Finland paints their deer antlers. Did you see this one? Yeah. Finland is known for painting their reindeer antlers using reflective paint to avoid deer car collisions. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a modern adaptation. Uh, the Irish elk was the largest species of deer to have existed. Yeah, that it's been extinct like ten thousand years or 11, something, 000. right? Eleven thousand years, <laughs> and it was up to seven feet uh, up to the shoulder and had antlers that made it twelve feet tall. The Pudu deer is the smallest deer, measuring thirty-two centimeters tall. You know, deer were part of cave paintings. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if cave paintings were only 10,000 years old, they'd be on there. Uh, you're already past. I could tell like, I'm starting to read the ones that you went. I'm like, oh, look at this. Oh, Pat just read that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pre- pregnant deer can abort a fetus if malnourished. When a pregnant deer suffers from malnutrition, it can absorb and abort the fetus using its natural ability. Man, if only that was true. The largest yeah. deer grew to seven feet only at the shoulders. 
Oh, you just okay. So you said the biggest deer, the Irish, yeah, yeah, the, what was seven it, the feet. Irish elk, yeah, seven feet. Um, uh, preys on deer. These animals are known to prey on deer, coyotes, bobcats, mountain lions. You knew that, You're right? Deers are escape, are quick to escape predators, me included. You see them, boink, 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 they're gone. You know, England has a law that permits hunters to shoot down deer from an aircraft when the engine is turned off. In the aircraft and the craft is stationary. <laughs> so, when a craft is stationary, so I, when it's on the runway, you can shoot a deer. Is that what? Or like they stalled? I don't. You just said when it's stationary. <laughs> yeah, like if it's moving. stationary, you're, you're not worried about shooting deer if it's stationary. <laughs> I, I read that one on the fly, and I had to. I had to mention it. Uh, trees can defend themselves against uh, being eaten by deer. Uh, they have a built-in mechanism. Tree saplings do this by increasing the production of hormones that deter the predator away. Plant starts producing uh, tannins, which make the tree bitter and thus less appetizing for deer. So continue reading on the next page. So what is the smallest North American deer? I just scrolled past that. Tell me. The key deer. Oh, okay. I think it's in the Florida Keys. Oh, I did see that. Uh, I read that a few days ago when we first came up with this article. So in Australia, deer have been found more than 10 million years. Deer have oh. been around for more than 10 million years. Found in Mongolia, they've been around for at least 10 million years and came to the United States approximately 4 million years ago. Noobs. So have you ever heard of the the basic facts that, like, did you know that humans can't live underwater? You know, it's just stupid stuff like that. Like, did you know that whales are whales? <laughs> I know, just like- saw this. Do you know you can only jump out of an airplane, airplane without a parachute once? <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is not true. Uh, there was a lady that... Jumped out of an airplane, her chute never opened, and she got pancaked face. That was the actual term that they gave her. <laughs> like, and then the doctor <laughs> probably like, looked at her and said, you know, I've, this is rare, but this is a case of pancake face. You watch, like, what? You watch Sonny, right? Yeah. It's like uh, Frank's got the certificate that he's not donkey-brained. <laughs> and, and, do you have that certificate? No, nobody has that certificate. Oh, never mind. I thought you saw that one. I, I there was a lot of episodes of that that I didn't see, mostly later ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because like you can only binge that show for. A I could binge bit. it for a week straight without ever. I love it. No, because it's such a short. I mean, the runtime is what twenty minutes. Yeah. So you hear five minutes of. Oh, you skip intro. And, yeah, but it's still you know, and it, like, every time they switch a scene, they they do that. You know. So what else you got? Um, I kind of ran out of all the ones I wanted to go through on that. But we wanted, we just wanted to do a little. Hey, did you know? You know, maybe give you if you're, you know, if you're going hunting a weekend after you saw this, it might you might think about some of this stuff. I was trying to come up with some of them stupid facts. Like, did you know that deer aren't pigs? Did you know that the swimming pool on a Titanic is still full of water? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Why would you do that? (laughs) Anyway, uh, deer do not store food in the winter season, which I thought was pretty obvious. Wait, say that again. Deer do not store food in the winter season. You know how squirrels go and hide nuts? Yeah. And it leads to a lot of planted trees? Yeah. Uh, yeah, deer don't do that. And I could have told you that. Yeah, they forage, yeah. I, uh, didn't, I didn't think that was even a conversation to have. Uh, anyway. The largest living deer is a moose. Did you know that? I did, Yeah, I did know that. We talked about this recently. Yeah. So anyway, what's your, what's your approach to this weekend then? So you're going to... You know exactly where you're going to go, and what are you? Are you trying? Is there something specific you're trying about? Because it's early season; it's going to be hot. You're going to go out there, and it's going to be hot. So early season, I, I think. I think what the play is right now is uh, just trying to get anything that moves, um, which I really think are going to be does. 
Yeah, so. it's going to be Doge first, and then the Bucks will start moving. But the one guy I work with, he says he's got Bucks moving in daytime on his camera. Yeah, but I, right now, like, so we're in what? Like the mid-60s right now? Like the the average temp during the day is probably like what? Like mid-60s, low 70s? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Uh, this weekend's going to be 80. Yeah. Did you see the cold front coming, though? Oh, like, yeah. After this, I was like, man, Caitlin, can you go this weekend? Yeah, like, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I might go out next. Um, if yeah, I do, I'd only be able to go like super, super local because... Uh, I gotta watch the dog. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's all I really have. Instead of rambling on and on, I think we're just gonna cut this out. So what do you think? Uh, one thing that I was uh, kind of thinking about for this weekend that I was thinking of, you know, you kept talking, which is fine. But uh, remember the place that I'm going hunting? Like, there's there's sections of it that can be locked out by water. Yeah. Right. And we've been talking about deer being able to swim, and I've always known that they were good at swimming, but didn't think that they would do it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to move over here. I'm going to swim. You know what I mean? So would a waterlocked body of water kind of trap them in there in terms of... Mm, uh, I don't know about that. Like, you know, they're going to take the path of least resistance regardless? I think they're going to take the path of least resistance, for sure. Unless there's something that they just got to have on the other side. For instance, that deer we saw swimming in Minnesota, he was going to a rock island when that wasn't very big. I don't know what he was expecting when he got up there <laughs> maybe there's something you know? over there yeah yeah or maybe he's getting away from a prey or from predator i think i think with the summer we've had and the the drought conditions we've had i think you you're not especially early season i don't think you can go wrong being near a water source whether it's a path from here to there and you're just sitting in the trail of that path i think water source is the main thing so in this particular <clears throat> spot would you go to the very first spot that we hunted at or the the one that we discovered later that I discovered later. Just I just like that spot a lot more. There's a lot of we can get it into it off of here, but there's a lot of reasons why that was a great spot. But more the last time I was back there, you couldn't get there. There was down trees that were blocking you. And when was that? Uh, whenever me and Bush like Billy went out there. Oh man, that's that means it's still true. It's uh yeah, so it's it's still worth a check because some people go in there and cut them. There's I've seen chainsaw marks cutting trees apart and stuff like that because that's a big fishing spot too. Think I'm gonna run into the clapping guy. Ah, uh, you might, you might just bring, <laughs> right, bring, a, bring a paintball gun. If if you folks aren't familiar with what I was just talking about, we had a guy that was uh, blowing us out the one time. Yeah, he was mad. He was fishing, and we went past him in a real narrow thing to go hunting. And he's like, it, you know, he's sitting there fishing. I'm like, sorry, dude, you're in a hunting spot. <laughs> it's yeah, it's December and it's hunting season, and you're in my way now. So. Yeah, we broke up ice to get here earlier. So, but uh, yeah, we'll cut it there. Yeah, um, enough rambling. Uh, remember, contact at uh, weekendwildpodcast.com, and then also the Musky 360 podcast or Musky 360 app. We are on under my 360. Go listen to that podcast if you like uh, parodies of songs because they do a fantastic job. He does a beautiful job of parodies. I'm not even into that stuff, but he does like very like seamless versions of it. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I really want to ask him like, hey, do you do all the guitar for this stuff? Because it is like spot on. Oh, he's a musician at art. Oh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's like spot on, spot on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like way too spot on. Like it's really good. But uh, the one I really liked was... uh, that money for nothing song where in the very beginning it's uh the guy saying i want my mtv but he's saying it very soft he's like i want my mtv well steve paul you're i want my 360 <laughs> i love it man love it but yeah right, go that's check it. them out that's it uh thanks for listening everybody and if you are going hunting good luck yeah good luck <laughs>